Welcome, everybody, to the best podcast in the world. This is the Strength and Skills Podcast. My name is Nick Tibusek, and with me, there is the only boss in the house, Rado Bosic. Good morning, Rado. Good morning. Excuse me, mister, but it's Don. We changed the nickname to Don Bosic. So. Don, oh, I'm so sorry for that. That was my misconception here. It's Don Rado Bosic. Yeah, I prepped the mustache just for the podcast, so yeah. I'm I'm so sorry that I didn't didn't realize that. What a, what a shame for me. <laughs> it's okay. All right. Ah, today it's all about the chest that is not so swollen anymore. But with me now that I just made a that big big mistake. <laughs> now now I'm leading into into the the big topic of of today. Um, we're gonna talk about what actually is to do to build a big massive pumped up chest with yeah. Ooh. Oof, uh, I find it I find it hard sometimes to talk about that topic because it's like probably my weakest body part uh, but I've managed to kind of build it up uh, with the approach that we're going to talk about today luckily so there is a way to you know go around quote-unquote bad genetics and uh, actually build some meat in that region absolutely wow. yeah <laughs> and and that's that's super interesting because you, you lacked on on that area um as most calisthenics people do um and that, that that's super interesting because we we have a lot of of calisthenics people who are actually lacking a body part which most people are actually doing the most i mean everybody is doing push-ups and dips all the time so um why, why do we lack chest so much and i would say It comes a little bit from from the uh, parts that we actually have to uh, had had to. We already talked about it. Like I, I think like two episodes before. So um, the, the the classic principles of how to actually uh, build muscle. How is hypertrophy done? And for that, just go back to that episode, listen to it, and um, you will understand a little bit more of the principles. If you didn't listen to it yet, um, that that's really really an important one. But um, But what was the most important part for you was actually getting the chest involved into your into your exercises because you were like a lot of people who did all the push-ups, all the dips, and all that stuff, but didn't get the the chest in it because because of what? Exactly. So I've had all of these principles. You know, I've tackled that with my programming. So I've had the intensity. I've had the volume. I've had both the mechanical uh, stress as well as the metabolic stress. And I thought, okay, this is probably going to be sufficient for me to build something there. But it's more than anything, it's the execution of the motion. You know, it's just this, it's something that we talked about in that episode at the end with bodyweight movements, just this freedom of motion and execution and how many things you can actually change um, in a motion in order to have a different outcome. Yeah. And with me, like it was always more natural to press with the arm rather through the chest. And uh, because I didn't know how to make that readjustment and change my technique to a more chest-focused dip, even though I had those principles on point, I just wasn't able to build that. You know, so it's definitely the technique and the execution of the motion, uh, which is a difficult difficult part with bodyweight movements um, to master. That's probably playing a really, really big role, just as the principles that we talked about um, are doing so too. Absolutely. So for us, it's very important now to uh, make make that point very, very clear. 
if you don't manage to 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 master the technique in the exercise that you are doing we can do all we, we can apply everything to you but it won't work as well as it should be so that that's that's an, a very very important one so um make sure to have the technique um at that point really on point and if you need help with that you're free to contact us that's that's another thing that you can always do uh, feel free to contact us on strength and skills and um just just hit us up and we are able to help you with that so um let's go back to to um what we actually need now for exercise selection to build up the chest so um Right now, we, we got to talk about, um, yes, we know we have to bring in some mechanical stress. In my opinion, this is something I already said before um, and before we recorded the, um, the, this episode. Um, mechanical stress is pretty hard to bring on the chest in calisthenics. Once you went to an advanced um, point in, in, your, in your training journey, because you have pretty much just the dip that can bring in the mechanical stress here when it's more about uh, calisthenics and weighted calisthenics, maybe also. Um, I, would, I would incorporate that always. Um, because there are pretty much not so many exercises that you can load up well. Of course, you, you, I mean, I think you did it. I did it. Everybody did it. Loading up a, a, a push-up is a good way to do it. But there's no very good way to load up a push-up because you just have to put up plates on your back. And you it's, it's hard to do that alone. <laughs> and especially when it comes to more weight. I mean, when the, when the point comes when you use more than 50 uh, kg, it's getting hard to manage that on your back alone. You would always need a second person for that. So, yeah, I mean, and also like if you go into options like uh, putting a weight belt on a push-up, once loads um, get heavier, it can be really hard to maintain proper positioning, especially especially in the pelvic region. Mm -hmm. And quite often you see people just overarching and overextending in the lumbar, which I mean isn't bad in and of itself, but it just completely changes the um, movement pattern of the push-up and. Yes. Because of that extension, you're probably going to be going to be having a harder time targeting the chest. Yeah. And the same goes, for example, like with a weight vest. I mean, the weight vest is a good option, sure. But once you get up to like higher loads, it becomes so limiting and restricting in uh, the way you move your scapula. Mm -hmm. And then also the problem of not having a heavy enough weight vest yeah. uh, for the strength to, you know, compensate for it. Absolutely. So, yeah. Uh, those three options are kind of, you can see how limiting they are to the push-up, whereas in the dip, that isn't really the case that much. Yeah, uh, because the, a dip is pretty much something that you can load up very endless. So I think the heaviest dip done that I know of is at 195 kg right now, and there's only one person who did it, and the, the general population is far away from that. I mean, most people are somewhere in between 10 to 50 kg of, of dips. Then there come in the, the competition athletes who are, it's pretty common to have somewhere in the area around 20 plus, 20, 20, 20 down, 
uh, of 100 kg. That's pretty common. And um, so there's plenty of space to, to, to come up for, for good stuff. So, um, so for, for the mechanical stress, I would usually recommend a dip for that. The thing with that is we have to think of the chest as something um, we have lower parts and upper parts of the, of the chest in the end. Um, of course, there will always be people who tell you, yeah, and you have the outer side of the chest and the inner part of the chest. And actually, of course, you, you may feel something a little bit more there, a little bit less there, uh, but that that's not coming from, from there's a different parts of exercises. That's a little bit more coming from um, what are you actually doing um, with, with, um, with the exercise selection. Um, very important here is to say there's a difference in being the punctum mobile and punctum fixum um, in exercise selection, which can make you feel um, feeling, feeling stuff a little bit more on the inside and a little bit more on the outer side. That's, that's a completely different topic um, for a lot of exercises. It's a super interesting topic. Um, there is some, some science behind that, um, but it's, it's a topic that is not completely, um, like, like already really that, that we have a lot of data for that. There's some data and it's super interesting data, but it's not so much, but we, we're gonna, maybe we're gonna bring up another episode talking about that stuff. Because mm -hmm. I, actually, I like that. I find it super interesting. Yeah, it's super interesting, yeah. Um, but for us, it's right now, it's a little bit more going with act the actual parts of, of the muscle, which are there, you know. <laughs> and this is upper and lower, pretty much. Um, and um, going going into that, most exercise that we are doing is a little bit more lower, lower chest. So... Also, the dip is a little bit more lower chest, push-ups a, a little bit more lower chest. All the horizontal exercises are pretty much a little bit more of, of lower um, chest. And um, for that, we really have to, to we, we, we shouldn't forget about that when we do uh, work for a very, very big chest. So um, bringing in all the dips and ring push-ups um and all the the other stuff shouldn't let us forget how much more stuff we can bring in there but we're gonna come to that later on um when we have all the mechanical stuff what would you do for metabolic um stress for for the muscle yeah for metabolic stress you obviously want to kind of go lower in intensities and higher in uh, repetitions and for that like Something like a chest fly tends to be a really good solution, mm -hmm. um, especially because it's easy to like handle like body weight and you can scale it down for so, like with something like rings, um, and because it's like often uh, thought of as an isolation exercise, it's actually like almost a perfect match for this um, metabolic stress. And I mean, you wouldn't come up with the idea of maxing out in a chest fly, that's for sure. So that's why we don't think of it as a mechanical tension exercise yeah so yeah. for me something like a chest fly i would put it like almost at the end of the workout just so we also tackle that point of um metabolic stress off um during it super super interesting 
And it, it, what is also super interesting about it is um, in, the, in the chest flies, you, you have a little bit more stretch usually. Yeah. Because it, it depends a little bit. You can go there. And that's, that's the interesting part. You, you, you usually when, when you're doing uh, the, the chest flies, you do them on the rings as the calisthenics guys do it on the <clears> rings. <throat> and what is super interesting here is when you um, have a different angle, you can use more stretch because it's not so hard in mechanical wise. But when you um, change the angle, the exercise is getting ridiculous hard, especially when you're really close to the floor. And at that point, you usually don't use too much stress, uh, stretch. Um, so that, that's an exercise you can do in both ways. And that's super interesting. That this is actually why I like it, um, because this, it's exactly the same exercise, performed differently, and you're having different results on it. And both makes absolutely sense. So that's a super interesting one. Um, having having that stuff, how, how do you how do you think of different um, push up variations for the chest? Yeah, push-up variations, uh, I mean, just as we talked about it, like probably also don't go into the me mechanical tension region with the push-up and have it rather be more geared towards uh, metabolic stress. Um, and you can use um, kind of different push-up variations to depending on what feels best for you, for example. That's also an important aspect, I would say. Like just what the, what is the sensation that you're getting out of the push-up um is a really important thing uh, when it comes to exercise selection but we can look at stuff like wide push-ups and how that compares to a diamond push-up when it comes to the grip yeah um but for me like for example uh the ring push-up tends to be the best variation when it comes to targeting the chest yeah because what you can do with it is you can alter the grip width and in the bottom have this nice and wide grip which in introduces the stretch that we had in the chest fly, for example. And at the top, we can really force the internal rotation and bring the rings together, which yeah. is this adduction function of the chest. And thus you train the chest through its um, several uh, functions um, all in one, you know? Absolutely agree, and I love that. <laughs> but, you know, like with the, with the push-up on the floor, with a wide push-up on the floor, sure you have a nice stretch in the bottom, but once you lock out at the top, what happens with the chest, it's almost like becomes uh, passive in that state yeah. because there's no work there. It hasn't, doesn't have to adduct just yeah. as in the ring push-up. And with the diamond push-ups, you have this nice add action at the top, but in the bottom, it's predominantly triceps because of this extreme elbow flexion that you have. So it's kind of limiting with the normal push-up variations and how much you can target the chest. So what would be a good combination would be a wide uh push-up combination with uh some some uh diamond push-ups to have both exactly. um, in there which which would be a very very interesting um combination and for those who uh want want to have it in one exercise the ring push-ups like like you already explained would be the best version for it so i absolutely agree on that the the only problem that we're gonna have with the the ring push-ups to progress here, it's pretty hard. Yeah. And that's that's going to be, a, uh, an, in the end, a little bit of a problem. Because um, when you look at it, 
how do you load up the ring push-ups? I mean, yes, you can also bring up some some weight on the back, but then um, is the, the 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 problem here is, and then you have the same thing with the ring dips. It's absolutely okay to do them. You can load them up. You can do them weighted, but you will come to the point where you have to stabilize so much with the shoulder girdle and all the rotator cuff stuff that these are the limiting factors for your actual pressing movement. And it's not the chest anymore. So there will come the point where the chest is, is not the, the one um, that is that is actually the, the limiting factor. And we want it to be the limiting factor because we want it to grow at that point. I mean, it, you, you can use that for different goals, but it, in this case, where we want to grow as, as a big chest as possible, it's not the best in long-term selection. And that's, that's very important to say because... I'm still doing my ring push-ups and Dorado is doing them still, but we know that we'll come to the point where we are just too strong for it. And that, that's a super interesting part of it. So um, I would say it also depends a little bit on where you place them in the workout. Yeah. Because that's something where you can, you can bring in the art of programming <laughs> Um, when you just kill yourself on the dips, have some very hard push-up variations maybe in there. And I don't know. Yeah, Let it be that we have like three to four exercises of the chest on that given day. We already did also maybe some, I don't know. We did, we, we, we did some, some wide push-ups. We did some diamond push-ups. And then we bring in the ring push-ups. That could be a good option. But on the other hand, probably shoulder girl will be pretty tired at that point already because it's not like the other exercises are not fatiguing. <laughs> so it depends very much on the individual at that point. It's not like we can say, okay, that's the best solution for everyone. But now that you know, you know. <laughs> that's super, super um, important at that point. So um, you already mentioned that an elbow position is extremely important also for a wide and a narrow grip and how do we bring in the chest at that point because yes i know that myth i remember that that people are talking about yeah the diamond push-up brings in a little bit more of the inner chest and the the wide push-up brings in a little bit more of the outer chest and i was always like well how does that work and when I went into the anatomics of that, that makes absolutely no sense. The only reason why you feel it is in a wider push-up, you actually just have more stretch there. And where do you probably going to feel the stretch? Yeah, of course, where, where the arm is, is, is moving. Yeah, And, and you, we have to consider that the chest starts pretty much in the middle. Yeah? The, the chest muscle, the pectoralis, is, is starting in the middle. And going over to the shoulder and is attached to your arm. And of course, when you when you bring the arm backwards, guess where the stretch happens <laughs> on the outer side of your of your pectoralis at that point. And um, of course, you feel it there a little bit more, especially on the the day after. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, 
And would you say then for the diamond push-up, it's just this extreme shortened position that only gives the sensation of actually the muscle being worked? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I think so. Because you just have a little bit more of peak contraction at that point. Yeah. And th this is where, where I went uh, in the beginning with this exercise selection and all that stuff. It can make a difference, but usually it's it's not like there is a so, so big difference. So um, what is very important to me is to um, make people understand um, elbow position does matter. Elbow position does matter a lot when it comes to chest work. And um, this is what you already mentioned, um, how to actually perform the exercises was extremely important to you. Once you learned it, you felt your chest. And once you learned it to feel your chest, the chest got, got to the point where it started growing. And um, I think we have to bring that a little bit in there um, to um, bring in the role of the internal rotation when it comes to, to uh, chest movements. And what I see a lot with people is um, this classic, when, when you have these horizontal movements, and people, I mean, especially in a dip, you have that all the time. Um, people are doing dips. And when you look at it from the front, and you can see that by, by filming yourself, you are coming down and your elbows are closer to your body than your wrists, which are on the parallel bars or on the floor when you do push-ups or wherever. And they are closer to the body this is actually when you start, whatever grip you have, your chest is not as involved as it should be at that point because you're not having so much internal rotation. And the internal rotation means the elbows are out pretty much for, for those who are uh, listening. I'm, I'm doing that on the video right here for YouTube. Huh? Do the chicken wing to have a big chicken breast <laughs> um, <That's a> new one. <laughs> i think it's super important to have that in mind i i'm not talking about a 90 degree angle i'm, I'm pretty much let it be somewhere in a 45 to 60 degree angle um, of the elbow to the body in that in that range you're usually bringing in the the, the chest pretty good Everything overall, yeah, I mean, some, somewhere in the 90 degree region is probably a little bit of too much of that. And then your external rotators will have problems by stabilizing you in, the, in that motion. And then you just get into trouble with some shoulder injury stuff. So usually the, the problem here is why do people come um, in, into these positions that they keep the, the elbows so close to the body? is most of the time having um, like, like the body trying to protect them from, from, from getting injured because the external rotators are not able to, to um, having, ha having them in a stabilized position when they are so internally rotated. Got me at that point? Yeah. And I've seen that with myself very, very long time. I didn't know about it. So I was, I was actually someone who was always dipping like that. And I was always wondering, why is my chest not growing? And then I realized, yeah, because you just don't have any internal rotation. 
And okay. for, for a lot of people, that's actually the case. And in the beginning, it's brutally hard to change that. And um, it very often goes hand in hand with a, with a very big problem of stabilizing your scapula in that point, in that position, because you're just not used to it, you know? And um, then you get into the elevation stuff with the scapula and all that, and you, you just don't want that. Because once you get into elevation, you are using less of the chest muscles usually in the, in the pressing movements, and you just don't want that. Because you need to keep the scapula in a depression, and then then you we go into into the into the right motion here. And something that we already no we we didn't mention it at all, but Adado, I think something that is also very very important. Now that we have all the internal rotation stuff done here, um, we should talk about the role of the upper chest and how do we actually get that in. What do you think about it? Yeah, for the upper chest, I think it's probably the region uh, that it's that is mostly lacking in calisthenics athletes because uh, they're simply not. We don't often move in those planes. You know, uh, if you want to target the upper chest, you probably want to be into a bit more flexion of the shoulder, and the and then in that region, you want to you want to press not completely overhead. Uh, but somewhere in between that horizontal plane on the in the overhead plane, yeah. Um, and it, when you look at calisthenics motions, it's simply not present all that much. And you have people, and I see it myself on myself. You know, like the rest of the chest is relatively good developed, but I just have this almost like big hole in my upper chest because yeah. simply it wasn't tackled with uh, everything that I did through calisthenics. Yeah. Um, and like, what are the closest variations that? Um, are like an option for you to maybe target, maybe try and target the upper chest or um, overhead pressing variations like the uh, pike push-up and handstand push-up progressions and the handstand push-up itself. Because uh, when you look at the motion itself, you have this angle during the motion for a tiny bit. You know, it's it's not fully present throughout it, but when you look at the, for example, the bottom position of a pike push-up or a handstand push-up, it's relatively close to an inclined bench press, but it's more like a more inclined overhead press, you know? So an overhead press with um, a slight lean, not completely vertical. Yeah. So those two like could be an option that we can use and implement if we see, okay, the upper chest is lacking and I don't want to use free weights at any cost. I just want to focus on body weight then implementing pike push-ups and handstand push-ups is definitely uh, the way to go. Yeah. Would you say there's a difference here um, on, on how you actually perform them? Uh, I would, I would uh, definitely go like with, with more lean, you know, not trying to be as vertical as possible, almost like going into this uh, decline push-up motion, something similar yeah. to that, you know? Because if you have a two vertical of a position, it's probably going to be more shorters rather than anything else. So having more lean is definitely going to uh, force the the shoulder, not the shoulder, the, the chest to work more, especially through that upper region. And it's going to be kind of assisting uh, the rest of the rest of the body during the motion. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. <laughs> so what would be the better option for that? 
And this is this is something people, I, I don't know. Yeah, for me, it's, it was always clear, but. Yeah, like just go with free weights, you know, like <laughs> some free weights, go to go to an incline bench and do some incline bench pressing. Yeah, be it dumbbells, barbells, whatever, you're probably going to target the upper chest better in that way yeah. than through some calisthenics motions. It's, it's simply like that, you know, because that angle, that 45 degree angle, it's really specific to how the muscle fibers go. Yeah. And thus you can, you can target it better. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely get that. So, um, I mean, everybody is so much about, um, yeah, I don't know, making, making fun of machines and all that stuff, but especially for stuff like that, it's, it's a very easy and very good way to use them to just target these muscle fibers to just build a bit, a little bit bigger chest and of course everybody's like the bad machines that's not natural and blah 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 but in the end when you look at it it's just it's just that one exercise <laughs> and you're still doing all the other stuff <laughs> But it's so funny when people say machines are not natural, when in fact the machine is actually built for the natural motion of the muscle. Yeah. You know? yeah. And for that specific motion and function of the muscle. So yeah. yeah. So but but for for those people who are a little bit restricted in in uh their their equipment and all that stuff and let's talk about the people who are actually training in pretty free gyms and uh maybe in a home gym stuff like that i mean when you're in a classic gym just go in there use the incline uh bench press machine and uh br bring that in into your training but for those who are actually training in a in a circumstance which are maybe not the best for that um there's a very good good idea of using dumbbells for that actually um I'm, i'm a very big fan of that um because you are stabilizing something you, you have to stabilize a lot um you are very free in your movement here with like two dumbbells here um that that's something i really like about it um the only thing with that is when you want to load up the stuff a little bit more on a mechanical side it's a little restricted so for that i would go a little bit more with a with a barbell D depends a little bit on wh where you are in your training and where you want to go and all that stuff so um maybe you just have a phase where you just focus on upper chest a little bit more because you just want to bring up the upper chest because it lacks so much and you, you just want to go for that for the next half of a year and really focus on that and i would actually bring in some some barbell incline uh presses and maybe later uh in in the week another day bringing in some incline uh, dumbbell bench press so that you have both of it and have the stretch and all the free motion and the mechanical stress on it both makes makes absolutely sense for that um and of course when you have the possibility to use the machines um but the incline pressing movements are something that makes most sense for hypertrophy at that point it's crucial because that's the point where we lack the most because the lower parts of the chest we always train them all the time but the upper upper upper, upper the upper part <laughs> is actually the stuff that lacks the most and it looks so much better when you're dressed 
<laughs> yeah. You just don't have this hole in your shirt. Everything is spilled. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And when, when we talk about hypertrophy, we talk about the looks. This is aesthetics at that point. This is not performance. Um, I mean, we had loads of, ex, uh, of, of, of episodes talking about how to increase the performance. Right now, we are about all the aesthetics. <laughs> Out there for our gym bros, calisthenics bros. We got yeah, you. <laughs> Bodybuilding in the building. <laughs> all right. Um, do you have any, any, any more stuff that we just have to bring in here? Not really. I think we tackled quite a lot of things. Mm -hmm. um, maybe one suggestion we can like try and summarize everything and uh, build the perfect chest workout, like quote unquote routine, uh, just, just a pattern of a workout, what it might look like. I just so kind of viewers get an idea how everything altogether uh, will look and Absolutely. could look. Absolutely. How would you, how would you start off uh, with, with a chest workout? um depends a little bit on where where, where i want to go with that so um it, it like like i already said if you're lacking upper upper chest a little bit more and it's a big big problem and you really want to tackle that i would just put that in front so um starting off with some some incline pressing um which for me personally i would i would actually do that with a barbell um adding up some some uh dips afterwards and for that, not, not the upright, so a little bit more lean to bring in more, more uh, chest on the dip. Um, so we have like two exercises which are having a little bit more of mechanical stress on my chest. Um, now I would need some stuff to maybe bring in some volume, um, some, some, some uh, metabolic stress, which would be amazing to do so with maybe some, some ring work. Um, like ring push-ups, like you already mentioned. And um, afterwards, I would maybe bring in some, some uh, ring flies, which, which would uh, give me some, some possibility of having more stretch in there. And I would do that in not such an extreme angle being very close to the floor. I would load up the stretch more upright, I would say. And um, maybe... When I'm not completely done after that, I would incorporate maybe some 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 push-up work at that point. Yeah, classic push-ups on the floor, or maybe even parallels if you feel better with that. Um, but th that that would be to me one of the best options um, to to bring that in. Or what it would be another option to bring in in the end maybe some more of the incline um, bench pressing on the dumbbells with a higher rep range. Um, could also be a, a very good possibility when it's all about hypertrophy for the chest. I completely agree. Um, and I would like use the same exercises in the exact same order. You have all of the planes, you know, you tackle all of, all of the three uh, chest parts. You have both the mecha mechanical stress and metabolic uh, stress. So um, everything is tackled within that one. So wouldn't change a thing there. That's it. So... I think we, yeah, we have it done there now. All right. Um, of course, when you have some machines and all that stuff, some cable towers and stuff like that, you have just plenty of more um, possibilities of uh, adding in some even more angles. Um, but 
as we are talking a little bit more about calisthenics and um, some hybrid stuff, this, this is pretty much the best way to do so. Uh, um, right. And to wrap it up in the end, don't forget to put up some uh, mechanical stress, some um, metabolic stress, stretch, and some fun. <laughs> Should be fun. So um, if you need any help with that, you're always free to contact us um, on the strength and skills. Rado is available on Instagram with the Rado underscore Bossage. Exactly. And I am uh, available on Nick underscore Tibu. If you want to come into contact with us, just message us there or just go to our website, bar-bellacoaching.de slash links. And there you see the website. You can just make yourself an appointment with us and just have a little chat with us on a call. And we see if we are the ones who can help you write. All right. Thank you for listening. And I hope to see you on the next episode. Make a big, big chest and make us proud with that. Have a good one.